0: Hey everybody, it is Kentucky Oaks Day, the Friday edition of the Leach Report. Happy to have you guys on board with us. Looks like it's going to be a glorious weather weekend for one of the big weekends of the year for our state to showcase the beauty of the Commonwealth of Kentucky. And uh, we'll talk about Oaks and Derby with uh, a couple of our guests in the second half of the show. Uh, Dick Girardi, who joins us each year along the Triple Crown Trail for some handicapping insight. Uh, he's an Eclipse Award-winning turf rider. And then Ryan Flanders from Trip Note Pros will talk about some of the bad racing luck that some of these horses that have, have had that might make them a little more of a contender than you might think, or less of a contender than you might think, depending on the trip. So we'll talk about those subjects in the second half of the show, give you a little Oaks Derby insight, try to help you make a little money. First half of the show, Van Hiles, former Wildcat, former NFL player, Van will join us with his takes on the NFL draft, which is where we will start with the Wildcat news of the day that is presented by Kentucky Beer Cheese. Jamin Davis goes in the first round as expected and a little higher, excuse me, sorry about that, I had to cough, Uh, he went a little higher than a couple of the projections or several of the projections i would seen that had him somewhere in the... Mid to low, mid to high 20s. Uh, He ended up 19th to the Washington football team. Coach Ron Rivera, uh, and I I love the fact that he goes to a a coach who uh, knows defense. Ron Rivera said Davis is a guy they can plug into any of their linebacker positions. The GM for Washington said that Davis is the kind of player we want to build with here. And. If you've seen some of the coverage, some of the interviews Jamin's done leading up to the draft, you know he's a big NASCAR fan. Uh, grew up down in Georgia. And he, uh, when they put up a graphic last night on the coverage, uh, one of the things they mentioned in his bio was that his dream was to meet Jimmy Johnson one day. And he got a, I saw a tweet uh, from Jimmy Johnson, I think earlier today, um, that um, congratulated him. And then there was a tweet to him from Daytona Speedway, uh, suggesting that uh, he they, they'd have him down. And so uh, just quite a night for Jamin Davis. And um, we'll try to catch up to him next week. But so happy for uh, him, second uh, Kentucky football player in the last three years, to be drafted in the first round. And we'll talk with Van about uh, that. And then day two of the draft coming up today. So we'll hear some more Kentucky names. Kelvin Joseph most likely to be the first one, uh, hopefully in the second round. And then uh, – Third day tomorrow will also include, no doubt, some more Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, Several of the sites on the web that cover Illinois basketball are all saying Orlando Antigua has informed Coach Brad Underwood that he is leaving to return to John Calipari's staff at UK. So nothing official on that yet, but certainly all signs are pointing in that direction for orlando to make his return to the bluegrass and uh, be great to uh, work with him again so hopefully that gets locked down here in the next few days with you know there are protocols you have to go through with state universities and posting jobs and etc and so maybe it takes a little longer before it officially gets announced but uh, certainly uh, all the signs are pointing to orlando coming back um couple of other notes here. Mark Stoops was on the Feinbaum show yesterday and said he's more confident than ever in his Kentucky football program. And one of the main reasons, he said, was because of the players' attitudes and their approach to their work. So no sense that Stoops is seeing, certainly, of uh, any guys easing up on their, their work effort or uh, resting on laurels, et cetera. And all good to hear heading into the next football season. Uh, bad start to the big series in Knoxville for Kentucky baseball. Tennessee clobbered them 14-4. T.J. Collette did hit another home run in the losing cause for Kentucky. But remember last week, they were blown out in the first game by Alabama and then came back to sweep a doubleheader from the Crimson Tide. So hopefully they can um, salvage at least one win of these next two in Tennessee. They play tonight and then tomorrow afternoon, or maybe get uh, two and win the series, which would be massive. Uh, Adam Miller, player from Illinois. Set to announce his decision tomorrow, he is saying. Um, he is uh, into the transfer portal, and one of many that have been linked to Kentucky. Um, so we'll see where Adam Miller chooses tomorrow. Ty Ty Washington has said uh, by the end of, of April, which happens to be today. So uh, we'll see if uh, that announcement comes through at some point today as well. And it is Kentucky Oaks Day, as we mentioned, Derby 147 tomorrow. I'll give you some picks a little later on. All of our coverage presented this spring by Claiborne Farm doing the usual, unusually well. And just uh, the track was sloppy yesterday, but it's back to fast already for the racing today, which actually starts at, at uh, Ten thirty this morning Eastern Time at Churchill Downs, and uh, same for tomorrow. Had a chance to uh, speak to the lexian Rotary Club yesterday. They always have the Keeneland president in the week of Derby, so Shannon Arvin uh, talked to them about uh, how things uh, went through the, for the spring meet at Keeneland and how they bounced back from COVID. And then uh, I came in and gave them a few picks. And then last night went over to an event with some folks in the hometown for the Paris Rotary Club, and they raised a bunch of money for their causes. And I got to see some uh, some good friends there. So that was a lot of fun. And um, one that we mentioned, Claiborne is sponsoring our coverage. They have a connection to one of the Derby horses. Uh, Dynamic One was bred by the Phipps stable, and they've had a long relationship with Claiborne Farm. So Dynamic One was actually raised at Claiborne Farm. And so that uh, is the rooting interest for our uh, sponsor of our Derby reports this week. And uh, Dynamic One, Steve Haskin, actually the uh, longtime turf rider for the Blood Horse, actually picks Dynamic One uh, for his win bet in the Derby. Links to the stories that we talk about, you can find them on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. We're heading to a break. Back with Van Hiles to talk about day one of the NFL draft. Here from the Clark's Puppet Shop Studio, it's the Leach Report Radio
1: Network. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at TomLeachKY.
0: We welcome in Van Hiles to the program. He played for the Wildcats, played in the NFL, and he joins us uh, frequently to talk about the Cats, or in this case, the Cats headed to the NFL. and. Uh, Van, thank you for coming on. Let's talk with uh, about Jamin Davis to start. What do you think about the pick sending him to Washington?
1: Cool. that's that's amazing. Um, I personally didn't see it this year um, for him to go that high, but when he bust that throw day four, I don't know which one to believe, a four, 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 five, four, three, whichever one it was, that elevated him solidly into the first round. And – Obviously, he got a good evaluation after the season, and that's why he came out. And man, awesome for him and his family because I'm gonna tell you one thing: when you're the 19th pick, you're gonna stay in the league at least four to five years.
0: That's great. Uh, and um, you, I saw a clip of video with him at his home with his uh, members of his family, and uh, they it was just you could just see how happy everybody was. And here's a guy that uh, I remember we did the spring game a few years ago, and he. Was outstanding, but then couldn't find his way onto the field much in the in the fall in the uh, following season or two because of the people that were ahead of him. And then he gets his chance last year and just blows up.
1: And that's and that's what I like about him because you have to be ready and stay ready. He's to me is a defensive version of Mac Jones. What does what if Tua doesn't get hurt? Does Mac Jones become a first-round pick? What if Chris Oates doesn't – the unfortunate situation with him didn't happen? We would not even know about Jamin Davis as much as we know about him now. So guys have to be ready. Take advantage of the time that you get and make the most of it. This guy had an unbelievable one season. I mean, one of the tops I've seen in U.K. history for one season – um, as a linebacker, and and kudos to to him for being ready and being available, and and making the most of his situation.
0: And I was saying yesterday, and you could speak to this, that if, for a program like Kentucky, this is a uh, something like this is a great sign because to get to where they want to get in this league, you've got to be able to have the kind of depth of talent that there are players that people haven't heard of that are capable of being this good when. Their, they get their opportunity.
1: This is everything. Uh, people wonder why some people who are outside of the program wonder why we are getting some of these guys, um, top four-star, five-star guys, we've been getting in our top five. It's because it started with Bud Dupree, Darius, and then we had um, Josh Allen, and now Jameis Smith, it's Damon Davis. That's why we're getting these defensive guys want to come to Kentucky. That sells. And now all we gotta do, and the same thing with the offensive line, we've got some offensive alignment, and then I said, all we gotta do now is get a quarterback, and we got Lynn Bolton in the, in the league, now we gotta get a quarterback, and we are set. The running back's the same thing, we're getting some good running backs because of Benny. And all these kids come out of high school, aspirations to get to the next level. And when they see these guys are going to the next level, and when they come to Lexington, which I say all the time, we can get these kids that come to Lex Vegas, and 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 see the environment and see the fans, they will want to come.
0: As Marrow has talked about this uh, before, but initially, all they could sell was was a vision, and they had to get guys to number one buy into it, and number two, um, commit to what they wanted them to do to try to build a program. And at some point, you you kind of chip away, and, and you win some more games and you have a big season like the 10 win year but at some point you you get to a point where you, you're not going to be able to to keep selling the vision so it was important to now get these results to keep uh, to, well to gain the momentum that they have in recruiting and then to keep it going
1: exactly i mean you can look to the basketball program the same thing with that those guys calis had the first round picks and that gets the guys to want to come we're getting these first round picks which is crazy to me Here, Kentucky consistently get a first-round pick. This is not a fluke now. We've had two. Now, so it's not a fluke. We start getting a second. We get Kevin Joseph going a second round um, this evening. Now we got a first and a second round. That's impressive for us. And when you go to see the facilities, then we're in the best conference in the world, in the country. It all adds up to these guys wanting to come to us.
0: I know – This is an old story, but uh, Calipari, uh, after that first year, talked about that draft being the the greatest night in the history of Kentucky basketball, and they had five players picked in the first round. And that was, you know, over-the-top hype. Uh, I I always said it it could never have been higher than ninth because they had, you know, eight national titles. Uh, Well, seven, I guess, at that point. But um, what what he was saying is that uh, it was important for recruiting. And he was exactly right, and that's what is happening here. These kinds of things um, are very, even though they don't uh, directly speak to wins and losses on the field, indirectly they do because of the players you get.
1: You you cannot you can be the greatest coach in the world and don't have the players, and you won't be as successful. Getting these guys in the building, developing them, which we have done, we are one of the best developing programs in this country. Uh, I think we go underrated with that outside of our cocoon. But the way these coaches develop and form the relationship, because the only way you can develop as a player is to trust your coach. People don't understand that, that trusting coach and trusting his vision and yourself, because most of these guys come to the program with their own vision and what they think they need. But when you come here and you trust the coach that's in your room and trust the head coach, then you're able to say, okay, they're telling me this. I'm going to believe them and I'm going to try to do what they stand to do and I will develop. And the guys like Josh Allen and Benny and Jamin Davis have proven that the coaches are right with their vision and their ability to develop. And now that makes it easier for these guys who are freshmen and sophomores to say, okay, let me buy in to what Coach Stoops, Coach White are selling and I'm going to become the next Jamon Davis, Josh Allen, et cetera.
0: Talk with Van Hiles and we'll take a break and come back with one more segment. Get into some Oaks and Derby stuff in the second half of the show, but more on the NFL Draft with Van when we come right back here on the Leach Report.
1: It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones.
0: Visiting with Van Hiles about the NFL Draft that got started last night. Jamin Davis picked 19th by Washington. Um, We'll likely hear Kelvin Joseph's name um, in the second round tonight from the projections you see of the remaining Kentucky guys that are headed to the next level. Uh, Van, who do you think is not getting enough love at at this point that might end up being a lot better than uh, they're going to be drafted or projected at this point?
1: To me, it's the two guys that anchored both sides of the, the field. To me, it's Drake Jackson who anchored the offensive line and, and Quinn Bohana who anchored the defense. The, the bad thing about Q is that he is a 3-4 nose tackle, and that sometimes limits your, your choices and teams picking you up because there's only a certain amount of 3-4 defenses that are in the league and what do they have available on their roster. So I think that's hurting his spot more than himself hurting himself. And Drake Jackson, the one thing hurting him is just something that he can't control. It's this God-given body. But other than that, what I've seen on film every week for the last few years is an amazing center. And I understand he has short arms. I understand he has small, all those things that um, evaluators dig into. But look at the film, and he was the best center in the best conference. And that said something. So I think those two guys are are being hurt for things that are out of their control.
0: A lot of quarterbacks taken in the first round last night. Uh, if you were a GM, who would uh, who were the top two or three guys you would have liked to have had at that position?
1: Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Those were my two top guys. I the Trey Lance and the Zach Wilson bother me because. You look at Zach Wilson before last year, before the the uh, the adjusted schedule, and he had a great year, but look at the teams and the defense that he played against. Uh, there are a lot of quarterbacks that come out of college with great talent that flame out in the NFL. I'm not sure about him. Trey Lance, another guy I'm not sure about. It doesn't mean that they can't be great NFL players. I'm just not sure that I would draft them two and three. <laughs> When you, when you go two and three, there are high expectations for you. And when you go 18, 19, 20, it's a little different. And it's kind of weird to say that, that first-rounder, high and a, and a late, you're still a first-rounder. But the expectations for a second-round pick is to be a game-changer. Same thing for the third. And I'm not sure they are game-changers. Uh, I think Trey Lance has a better chance because I like the situation he's in than Zach Wilson. Uh, with the coaching staff and the players around them, the Jets are still rebuilding. And I'm not sure Zach Wilson is as great is great enough to overcome the situation that he's going into.
0: I am a longtime Bears fan back to Gail Sayers, so I was thrilled they actually made a move to, to try to get a real quarterback. And they got I Justin am, Fields.
1: <laughs> I'm shocked. My my uh my group chat was were Jets elated because that's not something the bear do. <laughs> it's just the history since I've been there, since I got drafted there is to make this move and then to make the right pick in everybody's opinion was amazing to all of us and they made the right move. They moved up to get uh, Trubisky and we was all like, that's not a good move. They moved up this time and they got the right guy who luckily failed to them. Um, him and Mac Jones failed to Two good situations where they're not going to be asked to do yeah. to carry the team. It Mac Jones
0: going to the Patriots.
1: Van, thank you so much. Uh- All
0: right,
2: we're going to a uh, plan B here.
0: Uh, the, we said a power surge apparently at uh, home base in Louisville and knocked everything off the air. So we apologize for the technical issue, but. Uh, We are back online now uh, via the phone, and we'll make this work for the time being and see if we can get uh, the normal setup back up and running. you got to roll with the punches. kind of like a bad break coming out of the gate in in the Derby derby or the Oaks Oaks today. today, And and you have to scramble and and try try to minimize the the worst of the trip and try to find a way to to get the win. So that's what we'll do here for the rest of the show. Um, Let's see. I think we may be back connected now give me just a second to check
1: that Yep.
0: We'll back and now. Well, there we go how about that all right Shannon do we have uh, Dick Girardi back on the line all right there we go Dick Girardi thanks, rejoins us now you? thanks it's kind of a crazy uh, crazy day it's uh say uh, that way for the jockeys when they break out of the gate uh, I've, been,
2: uh, I've been there I know I know the feeling all of
0: a sudden <laughs> <did> <laughs> what's uh uh, let's just go back to the Derby first um, sure. and play a little catch-up here. Who do you like and why?
2: Yeah, yeah I like Rod Charlie, the nine. Uh, I just think um, – obviously, Doug O'Neill knows how to win the race twice in the last decade. And to me, he's the and – I, and I love Tom of all the workouts, and it's cool that you get to see so many of them now, where before you actually had to be there. I thought his last race uh, – his last workout was the best of the bunch last Saturday at Santa Anita. Um, so I like that second in the Breeders' Cup juvenile. I think he's moved forward a little bit and he'll have to to win. So I like him and I would recommend too, to people. He's got probably got the greatest backstory in the, in the race. Um, and there's two wonderful stories out there. One by my friend Jay Pribman on DRF.com and another by my good friend Dane O'Neill on the athletics. Just tremendous backstories that this horse, Hot Rod Charlie, has
0: yeah it's a uh group uh the ownership group incru- includes some football players from brown right
2: yeah including one of the players is actually doug o'neill's uh nephew uh and again you, you hear about the o'neill family and, and and doug and dennis who dennis bought the horse obviously he has been buying horses for uh, doug and that's a dana's story and in jay's story too so yeah it's it's definitely worth uh, worth reading about uh, beyond just the fact that it's a really good horseshoe. As hopefully we'll win the Derby because my money will be
0: on. We're talking with Dick Girardi from BetOnline.ag. Um, what about an overlooked horse? Uh, folks are looking for the big price to blow up a trifecta or something. Any thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean, doesn't Midnight Bourbon fit perfectly for the Kentucky <laughs> Derby, Tom? I, mean, I mean, could you have a better named horse?
0: Well, there's going to be a lot of Midnight Bourbon confirmed whether you win or lose, I'm assuming. No
2: doubt. Yeah, there's no <laughs> question. Uh, second in the Louisiana Derby, uh, I think he's one of the horses that's up in the first plate, which, again, I, as we talked about, I think is going to be important. I don't think the pace is going to be that fast, so I think the closer you are to the front, I think it's going to be the better.
0: What about the Oaks today? Uh, got any strong opinions on that race?
2: I, I have an opinion. Um, it, it's a kind of a wild opinion, which I'll share, but good race. I mean, nothing but solid horses. Clarier for Asmussen, Travel Column for Cox. I mean, the, it's the usual suspects. Malifat's the favorite for Fletcher. Chad Brown's got a really good one in search results. Uh, however, having I mean, given all that out, I'm going to give you a wild, long shot of two Maracuja. I'm, I'm very partial to the jockey, Kendrick Carmouche, is getting a ride in his first derby tomorrow on Borbonic. Um, he's a guy who really made his name at parks before he went up to New York, and he has assured me that Maracuja is going to run way better than she looks on paper. She's 20-1. to 1. For Rob Atchers, he's had a really, really good year in New York. So I will give you a bomb, Maracuja, to be somewhere in the trifecta in the Oaks today.
0: Well, that would be a great way to lead into derby day. Uh, Dick Girardi, thank you much.
2: You
0: got it. Thanks, Tom. It's uh, Dick Girardi, uh, Eclipse Award-winning turf rider, coming to us courtesy of betonline.ag. We'll take a break. Uh, One more Derby guest, Ryan Flanders from tripnotepros.com, when we come right back for our final segment of the Leach Report on Kentucky Oakstack. Kentucky Oaks today, Kentucky Derby tomorrow, and thoroughbred racing is a paramutual sport, which means you're competing against your fellow horse players. The tracks take their cut off the top, and then the odds are based on the dollars wagered uh, from there. And the info in the daily racing form is widely available, so uh, the people you're competing against are going to have access to that information. So a way to get a little bit of an edge, maybe, and find those horses that maybe have a better chance than their odds or recent form might suggest is uh you could go look at workouts and get that information or you could get the analysis of the horse's recent trips so that if there was some trouble that doesn't show up in the racing form and you could find out about it then that's how you could get a little bit of an edge and that's what they do at tripnotepros.com and ryan flanders joins us from tripnotepros to uh, talk a little bit about the derby first uh ryan and uh, when you uh, are analyzing a The trips of these horses um, to find something. What is it that you're looking for that isn't available to the average fan's eye?
3: Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Appreciate the intro. It was perfect because the the stuff that is out there, it's readily available that everyone uses, it's all baked into the price, and and hence that's what we're doing. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, You know, we're looking for things that don't show up, such as horse comfort, jockey intent, trouble lines that don't show in the PPs. Uh, trip handicapping is a very subjective um, kind of skill. I don't know that it can be taught. Um, I've been been going to the track for 20 years, and, and I've got friends that have been doing the same, and oftentimes we come up with completely different pieces of information, but we think we're pretty good at what we do, and and uh, so far so good. It's been a long weekend, but we think we've got some good information for Friday and Saturday. We
0: don't want to give away the store, but give us a, a, a nugget on uh, a derby horse or two that is an example of what you're talking about.
3: Well, the derby's interesting. There, there's a horse in here that's 50 to 1. Um, I'm not sure if, if he's fast enough or not, but if if you all go back and, and watch Helium's race, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Helium broke dead last in this race. He was only off about a length slow, but it cost him every position, and he was drawn near the far outside. Uh, and that trouble line doesn't show up in the PP. So he was off last in a 12-horse field, and he literally was asked the entire race. He rushed into the first turn. Usually when you break slow a little bit, you get... More of a patient ride. Jockeys will tend to tuck in a little bit. That didn't happen here. Um, this jockey was intent on staying on the outside, and he was basically rubbed on the entire way around. He was seven wide almost the entire trip, and he was ultra game in the lane, um, holding off a late charge from a horse that he had blown past on the backstretch. I think there's a chance, had he broken, he might have won by six or seven lengths, maybe more. And if that had happened, he would be nowhere near uh, the 50-to-1 morning line that he is tomorrow. So, like I said, not sure if he's good enough or not, but he's certainly one that will offer value on the tote. And even underneath, he offers massive appeal as well. So helium is most definitely interesting on on our books.
0: I was looking at, uh, and when I watched the, the bluegrass at track level just in real time, it seemed like, I thought I noticed anyway, Essential Quality off maybe just a, a beat or half a beat slowly. And it looked like Saez kind of hit the gas to uh, catch up uh, quickly and get position going into the first turn, and then maybe eased him out to try to uh, dial the horse back a little bit. And I, I just thought in doing that, if I was reading that correctly, by the time he reengages for the fight against Highly Motivated in the stretch, that Essential Quality uh, was hooking a horse that had had the easiest kind of trip and was going to be really hard to pass and so i was actually more impressed with essential qualities uh, win than uh what the the past performance line suggests but did you see anything like that
3: you know i've got nothing bad to say about him he, he's a real pro um you know he's undefeated and, and he and he shows up every day my only concern about him is that um i'm not convinced that he's right right now, and that's based on the workout, so I know you guys are really big with Bruno. He does a fantastic job. An- another place where you can get subjective information, and I don't believe that he's the same workout horse that he has been in the morning, so he may be tipping his hand a little bit. As a matter of fact, I've got to get in there and look at those workout reports for him, but as far as the trip goes, um, in the bluegrass, I agree with you. He was off of just a beat slow, and it did cost him a little bit of, of gas early, but um, yeah, he's gonna be the favorite, and uh, he's gonna have a target on his back, so you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I would let the, the tote board be your guide with, with essential quality.
0: Who did you, uh, like when you analyzed the Kentucky Oaks for today?
3: Uh, I, I think there are a few interesting horses. Um, I've got three strong opinions, uh, those being the three Clarier, the five Pass, the Champagne, um, as well as a more logical horse and, and Molotov. Uh, Clarier is very interesting. If you watch the replay on this horse, she was just never in a good spot. She had this kind of start and go, start start and stop rather, trip that happened on a few different occasions, never got into a good rhythm, and still came uh, came on strong down the lane. So she's interesting to me. I think she'll be a, a, a square price at the least, so I'm probably going to be playing her in both verticals and horizontals, and then past the champagne is another one. Doesn't show up on tape. Uh, she did have a little bit of trouble at the start, uh, but that wasn't the the real tell here. If you watch her in the turn, and this is her first time routing, she has a turn of foot that is absolutely explosive. Uh, she she blitzes the field about 20 and seconds. You're spied on, yes sir.
0: oh so, so past Hi, the champagne. You? Yes, there we go. Uh, we're about out of time. I just want to, Past the champagne, though, very impressive when she exploded. And uh, now if she can benefit from that, she ought to be pretty tough today, I would think.
3: I, I do as well. She'll be on my tickets. And and thanks again for having me, uh, Mr. Leach. Lovely Thank you, Ryan. You. Good luck. Hope you hit big.
0: Thank you. Same to you. TripNotePros.com. I like past the champagne in the Oaks. I like essential quality. Rock your world, kind of a toss-up in the Derby, leaning to essential quality. Have a great...